You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Always surprised. Here we go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, brought to you by Masterclass. And today, we're broadcasting from our studio here in Las Vegas, the capital of entertainment. This episode's a special one because I'm not here yet. I'm stuck at Ace Rental Car in a logistical nightmare. But Penn's going to kick it off solo for a little while and also talk to Reddy Rich. And here he is right now, preaching the love. Your pal, Penn Gillette. I'm preaching love, and I'm doing it for Masterclass. I'm sure you're all hip to Masterclass, but if you're into lifelong learning, and who isn't? We're going to talk about that a lot today. We'll talk more about Masterclass, but also about lifelong learning. And right now, you can get 15% off an annual membership. At, I, missed, I missed two of these. Masterclass. Uh, you can get... Uh, we can fix all of that in post. I don't want to fix it in post. I'm going to do it right now. Um, people can hold that in their head. Ready? Okay. They don't need it all done for them. They can do the work. They know I said Masterclass a few times without doing. And then I did a few without saying Masterclass. So it'll all even out. They'll do it in their head. They'll put it all together, okay? okay. We'll talk about Jonathan Richmond doing that, okay? Anyway, 50% off at masterclass.com slash pen. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Yeah, you know, um, you know Jonathan Richmond of the Modern Lovers, right? I do. Well, he would do this thing, originally had the band. The Modern Lovers. I guess originally he was a street performer. But he had this band called The Modern Lovers. And then he started to go out uh, on uh, on dates doing his own, uh, doing just guitar. But when Jonathan Richmond would do guitar, he would play it very differently. I wrote, uh, I'm working on a new book uh, called Felony Juggler, which is weird because it's in a big way an autobiography. And then it turns into a... Uh, bank heist and a murder. But the first part of it, until it becomes not uh, real, is very, very real. Because I wanted to write my story of, you know, um, hopping trains. And, and I, I mean, I don't know. I may be the youngest person who actually hopped trains, right? And hitchhiked a lot. There's still people who do it. Are there people that do it? Yeah, there's like a whole YouTube community around it. Oh, really? Yeah. And they hop trains and, I mean, live a... Um, a life in train yards and stuff, not working and so on? Correct. Oh, wow. And they also have YouTube. Yes. I and guess, they make a profit. How do they make a profit? Off of YouTube videos. Really? Yeah. And they use that money to survive? Correct. Wow. The world, I, this, I'm going to get to that too, but 
Uh, so I'm writing this book, and I take uh, a character that really uh, did uh, a lot of street performing with me, who used to whistle. You asked just, me about trains, by the way. I know. So of course okay. you know. So, uh, so you're very happy, aren't you? Yes. Is it's there more be a good show? Have you ever hopped a train? I have not. Never. Never. Have you ever thought about it? I lived uh, the one that I lived next to was going full speed by uh -huh. my house, so hmm. it never even occurred to me. It just seems so unsafe. Never occurred to me either until I was in Montreal for uh, hours and hours and hours in the freezing cold without a ride hitchhiking, and then I said, "I got to get out of here." Uh, I'm in real trouble. I thought we were going to die on the side of the road in the cold, which seems very unlikely, but boy, it felt real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there was a train, a slow train of coming, as Bob Dylan and many other people have said, uh, across like a field covered with snow. My uh, hitchhiking partner, Mike Motion, MacArthur Grant juggler, we were 17 at the time. And we uh, crawled over a barbed wire fence, which did not go well, and then ran, which also did not go well, across a field that was covered in snow and got to the train, which was going so, so slow when we were far away from it. And so much faster we got close. Right. Yeah. And then I kind of ran along it and grabbed one of the ladders on the side. And all of a sudden, I'd hopped a train, and he did it later. And somehow, which I don't really remember, maybe it was James Bond, and we crawled on the roof, or I don't know how we did it, but we got up to like, there were multiple engines. You probably know all about this, right? Yeah. And nobody around. Nobody. It's a freight train. Yeah, right? it's just the one guy now. Yeah. Well, not, this is not now. This is 1972. So you had two guys. 73, yeah. And... uh the last engine, which was the first we got to, the door was just unlocked. We went in and it was so warm and we were freezing, 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 freezing. And it was like, I don't know what it was, 90 degrees in there. Cause it's like an engine or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And we took off all our clothes and we slept there for the night. And then of course, uh, found out after sleeping that the train was going in the, wrong direction from where we wanted to go. So we were, we took a very warm detour, but I'll tell you, hopping a train is terrifying. I thought you didn't know until you arrived. What? That you were going the wrong direction. Oh, I didn't know until we arrived. No, I didn't know that. Uh, I'm saying now I look back on it and say, well, at least I was warm. Yeah. But I did not know we were going in the exact wrong direction. Not the exact wrong direction. We're going in a, uh, not the opposite way but uh, directly um, perpendicular to where we should have been going. <laughs> For me, asking me if I caught a train was kind of like asking if I ever caught a crop duster. Yeah, I see, I see. Yeah. Well, I, in my house, I, I also, did you live on the wrong side of the tracks in your town? Uh, both sides are the wrong side. I see. I lived There's on the wrong side. Cattle farms on all four sides. I see. Well, they weren't cattle living on the tracks. There's only two sides to train tracks, not four. All four sides of my home. Ah. Well, we were very close to the train, which is funny because it wasn't until I went back home. You know, Tom Wolf was wrong. You can't go home again. Uh, was it Tom Wolf? I don't know. I never heard the trains. 
Never heard the trains once till I was gone for like uh, a month and came back into the house and then went, oh, there's trains that go by all the time. But I didn't hear them because I grew up with them, you know, and they just faded. My, my mind adjusted to them. Yeah, so, mine was like four or 500 feet away. So I could sleep on stairs now. Sleep on stairs? Yeah, I could sleep in any conditions. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, ours was about 300 yards away, probably. Yeah, I'd say it's maybe a, a third of a mile. Uh, I've been there, remember. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. It's an interesting trellis bridge there, too. Um, and I, I went from Jonathan Richmond. Jonathan Richmond, um, he used to do this thing, which... Um, I don't know as anyone else has done it, but they must have. It must be something that's talked about in music. There's probably even a name for it. What he would do is he would, on his guitar, he would play the bass line, right? Mm -hmm. Play the bass line he was hearing in his head. Then he'd stop playing that, and he'd play like a rhythm thing. And he didn't tell people to do this, and there wasn't any um, looping, but as you played the rhythm thing, the bass thing would still keep going in your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you play the rhythm thing for a while, and then you'd start singing with the lead without the rhythm continuing. And I found that the, uh, the effect was that I would hear the whole band the way he heard it. You see what I mean? Yes. So I can say, master class, master class, <coughs> and people can do that in their heads. Okay. That's all I was leading up to. I already conceded on this. Okay, good. But I had to make the whole argument, and I thought that I could seduce you into agreeing with me by mentioning trains. It's misdirection more than a seduction. <laughs> but aren't you in a better move when I say trains? Sure. Okay. So there's a little bit of seduction there. Just a little bit. But you lost me with the Jonathan Richmond part. <laughs> because of Leo Kotke. Does Leo Kaki do that? Because he'll start with the bass and then the rhythm and then the lead and never stops any of them. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, my point was if you're less skilled than Leo Kotke and you still want that effect, there's something wonderful about, to me, about that illusion that Jonathan created. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if he was doing that consciously or if he just wanted to play the bass a little bit and then the guitar a little bit and then bring in the vocal. But the illusion was so powerful to me. But it's really neat because the bass would play and then you just kind of keep singing the bass in your head as the rhythm went over it. And then you just kind of keep that going and then his vocal would come in. It was really wonderful. So do you have feelings about the Magic Hat? In what, res what respect? Well, you, have, you didn't get a demo of it, did you? I did not get a demo of it. Yeah. Well, I, uh, as you know, we talked about it all last week. I got a Magic Hat. And I was quite enamored of it. But I realized that I was getting, this is so strange, I was enjoying a constant slight eye strain and the slightest headache you could ever have and the slightest nausea you could ever have, and it was all enjoyable. Those feelings were enjoyable to me. And when I took the magic hat off, I uh, still felt that, and it was a little bit disconcerting and disquieting. Uh, I was happier in the hat than out of the hat. And when I go to do a show, I took the hat off and didn't like the way the world looked. I don't think that's good for me. Has anybody written a, that NASA experiment for the magic hat yet? 
Or if things flip over, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But it seems like you could do that, right? Of yeah. course you could do that. Yeah. And how long it would take you to adjust? Like five, six days, right? Yeah. But a hell, a hellish five, six days. For those who don't know, the NASA experiment was they worked up glasses that made you see the world upside down. And within a week, you were functioning perfectly normally with all your vision upside down. And when you took the glasses off, it was another week to get back, right? Yeah. I think it's less time to get back, but it's still some time. And uh, uh, so his idea was the magic hat. You could do it in software, right? You got all the cameras there. Just flip them. Right. You could probably even do other stuff with the magic hat, like flip left and right. Or both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could even do disjointed, maybe, you know, stripes or something. I Uh, bet that schizophrenic experiment is pretty cool. What's that? What's that? The one where they have the audio hallucinations. I don't know this. There's a like a YouTube video that has audio hallucinations the way that schizophrenics hear them. Oh, I don't know about this. How do they, they hear them? They phase in slowly. So you start hearing your own thoughts creeping in as somebody else talking to you from the outside. Really? Yeah. It lets you know what it feels like to be schizophrenic, but I imagine the magic hat, it's too much. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. The, the thing that isn't, uh, hasn't been talked about a little bit, there's a couple articles, is how good the audio is in the magic hat. Now, yeah. it's not earbuds or headphones. Uh, because people can hear it. They can hear it very well. It's a projector. Yeah. What does that mean? And people could hear it like on the plane next to you. People can hear it anywhere. I woke up my wife by watching a movie in the bedroom. Uh, I was sitting in the chair and, uh, what, what's going on? I, I kind of was under the impression it was, um, it was a, he- it was a headphones and it's not. Uh, I don't know what projection means in that. It's a speaker projecting pointed towards your ear. I see. I see. It's more than one though, right? In each ear. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also tracks to your head turning so that if you turn toward the base, it gets a little louder and stuff. It's, it adjusts the room microphones. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. But I think I'm, I'm going to get back because I also get less work done. I find that uh, having screens all over the place, what, what a surprise, hurts my focus. Having one screen in front of me that I'm typing on is easier. I also, this is really funny, I did a performance art piece with my, uh, perf- with my magic hat in that I took the virtual screen. When you put it to virtual screen in your computer, I have a big screen in my office. When you put it to virtual screen, it blacks your physical screen, right? Mm-hmm. Your physical display blacks. And so what I did was I adjusted my magic hat virtual screen till it was directly over my real screen. So it's indistinguishable from having my computer the way it usually is. And just click in when you want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that and then realized it was better for my neck to have the monitor up a little higher. So I moved the monitor up a little higher. (laughs) So I learned stuff, the physical monitor up a little higher after moving the virtual one up a little higher. Did you find that you were getting choice paralysis with all the extra stuff? A little bit, a little bit. And also, it's just, I mean, it's one of those things that works almost always. Like, if you actually look at it more than 98% of the time, it works. But, boy, that's not enough, you know? When you're, when you're thinking quickly and trying to grab something and move it somewhere else and you have a hiccup, 
it really, it really slows you down. Seemed very frustrating for Emily. Yeah. When she got stuck. I had the, you know, the Sony PlayStation VR ones, uh-huh. which is not quite the same thing, but yeah, I use them for about two weeks and I'm done with it. Yeah. Also, with your, uh, with all your problems with motion, that must have been bad for you, right? Well, I could deal with that on time because it doesn't kick in until 20, 30 minutes. Ah, I see. I see. I see. And you can't do that on a plane. You can't say, just stop the plane for a moment. Right. Then it falls out of the sky. Especially when they can't land. Have you had times when you were stuck? Yeah. The one that almost killed me was landing here, and they tried seven attempts. Oh, geez. Before diverting to Arizona. Oh, man. And that's the one that I needed to go to the hospital for hydration. Oh, dear. How long ago was that? Seven, eight years, probably. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember it being bad. You probably didn't fess up how bad it was, though. I did not. You, uh, you, you attenuated that when reporting. It would have made me sick again on the I day. See. Well, let's not do it again. Okay. Okay. I got 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm taking the magic hat back. Uh, will I buy another magic hat when another version comes out? I don't know. But I also, when you say about choice paralysis, having everything out there, you know, having my browser available. When I work on a regular screen, when you work on a regular screen, do you have more than one window open at a time? Depends on what I'm doing, but for video editing, yes. For most other things, no. Yeah, I I know a lot of people, the idea might have been, you know, asynchronous windows all open at once. I don't enjoy that. I like to have a sheet of paper in front of me that I type on, you know? So that's where yeah. I do most things. So I think the magic hat was uh, was not for me, but boy, the technology is amazing. And boy, if my personality were a little different. Well, if my personality were a little different, everything would be better. What are you looking at your phone for? What's going on? Emily's writing in. Okay. Uh, she wants me to ask you about setting up your persona. Oh, I set up my persona, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I should talk about that. Because um, one of the themes of this show is Penn is an Idiot. And uh, I am. And uh, I had a persona, which is the avatar that you create for yourself, because you can't shoot yourself on FaceTime or Zoom because you have a magic hat on. So they have to have a fake face they can put on. So you have to have it loaded in. You hold it in front of you, and it takes scans and pictures of you and pastes them together. And I had a really terrible one, terrible one, terrible one. So I thought it was my background. So I went up, and then Emily said, maybe I can help you with this. And I said, please. So I had a plain background with even sunlight in the room. I held my magic hat out, and it said, move to the left. And I did. It said, move to the right, and I did. And then Emily pointed out that I had was moving backwards every time. That's why my uh, avatar looks so fucked up. How much more of an idiot can you be than not knowing left from right when doing a scan? That's one of those things that would trip me up in like tests and stuff. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, he's asking from his perspective, right? Yeah. And now I'm just thinking both of them the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, you're, you're, you're giving me more credit than it's worth. I just didn't know left from right. I knew it was supposed to be mine, and I just didn't do it. But I did not do. We set up this dynamic in our household, right? where Emily said, do the dinosaur adventure, the dinosaur immersion with me, right? 
So I was very, very, it's like when you say you're going to watch a show with your partner, you know, and then you want to watch more of the show and you can't because you promised to watch that show with that person who maybe has lost interest and is not watching it much. So you're frustrated. So I did not want to make a mistake and watch it on my own and be reprimanded. So I didn't watch it on my own. And then Emily reminded me I'd never watched it after she'd packed up the magic hat. So I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged. And finally, she gave in and said we'd unpack the magic hat so I could do the dinosaur immersion with her tonight at supper time. So if you hear screaming around supper time in Vegas, it's because I was attacked by a dinosaur in my magic hat. <laughs> People are doing this with their pets now already, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to be. So, um, ready, Rich? Yes. I'm going to ask you a question. And part of our friendship hinges on this question. Uh, I want you to think hard. And I'm also going to ask Matt Donnelly. But Matt Donnelly, I think, is safe. I think he's totally safe. But you might not be. Did you know that in 1969, there was a Christmas single put out, a 45 Christmas single by Canned Heat with the Chipmunks? <laughs> Did you know that? Um, I don't remember. I had most of that stuff as a kid, but 69 was when I was born, so I probably wouldn't have had that. Did you know that it existed? I don't think so. Okay. You're safe. You're safe. Andrew Hickey, my new friend, 500 songs, I'm really, I'm really angry with him. He did one of his episodes on Can't Heat and the Chipmunks. And I saw the title and said, that's impossible. It's not the Can't Heat with the Chipmunks. And yet it was. And uh, I listened to that and said, how could I not have known this? So I said to Andrew Hickey, I know you didn't know me when you learned about this, I'm very angry at you for not saying, wait a minute, Canned Heat did a song with the Chipmunks? I need to find a way to tell Penn right now, even though I don't know him. And he could have gotten in touch with us and told us that. As a matter of fact, anyone listening to my voice right now who knew that there was a Canned Heat with the Chipmunks Christmas record done in 1969, if you knew that, I'm angry with you. Why didn't you tell me? I wrote a very angry letter to Eddie Gordetsky. And I said, Eddie, you've called yourself my friend for 30 years. And I know you know there was a canned eat and chipmunks record. And you didn't tell me. All these years, you didn't tell me. And I've listened to it many times now. It is one of the most astonishing pieces of art I have ever heard. It's Bob the Bear height. First of all, do you like Canned Heat? Ready, Rich? Uh, I miss that pocket, but I know the one song. Going up the country, go don't you want to go? Is that the one you know? Maybe I know two songs. Going up the country. You probably know, uh, I'm so tired of traveling, but I'm out on the road again. I'm on the road again. Maybe I know three songs. Uh, <laughs> two or three minutes, two or three hours. What does it matter in this world of ours? Let's work together. Yeah, I got all of those. 
All those. So you had three songs. How about Fried Hockey Boogie? No. No. I love Canned Heat. Jonesy hates Canned Heat. Robbie loathes, despises Canned Heat. They hate the sound of his voice. I'm going up the country. Girl, don't you want to go? They hate that sound. Going up the country. Girl, don't you want to go? What I love. The broken falsetto. Yeah. What I love, which he's doing an impersonation of Sun House, the old blues guy. Right? Yeah. And Blind Owl, Al Wilson, Blind Owl, who's the uh, rhythm guitar player and one of the singers in uh, Canned Heat, was most likely on the spectrum and deeply on the spectrum. He was obsessed with blues music and memorized everything about it. He was one of the biggest scholars. Bob the Bear Height was probably not on the spectrum, but also a scholar. So it's a band formed of people who are not even fans, but scholars of blues music. And Sun House, an old blues guy, who sang like that Al Wilson copied and played guitar like Al Wilson copied, uh, retired. Couldn't make a living in blues music. Was retired for 20 years, 30 years maybe 30 years, and John Hammond found him and said, there's a resurgence in old blues music. I want to do a record with you. And Sunhouse said, I don't know any of my songs. I don't remember any of my songs. Even if you play them for me, I don't know how to play them. I haven't touched a guitar or sang in whatever it was, 30 years, 35 years. I don't remember anything. You'd be surprised how much of that there is in the yeah. business. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't, but. The audience would. Yeah. I, I couldn't do our old bits. I don't remember them. Um, so John Hammond brought in Al Wilson, Blind Owl, to teach Sun House how to sound like Sun House and play guitar like Sun House. So when Sun House was touring, he was doing an impersonation of Blind Owl doing an impersonation of him. And Blind Owl did not have that high, weird, cracky voice. He did it to copy Sunhouse. You know, and they did everything perfectly in Canned Heat. But, so I love Canned Heat. I always have loved Canned Heat. I had their records. I liked that boogie band. I liked everything about them. I also identified with Bob the Bear Height because he was a gigantic, fat guy with a lot of hair who sang and played harmonica. He's not the one going up the country. He's, come on, come on, let's work together. I'm doing a one-man show called Pendulette's Canned Heat. <laughs> and I love the name. I think Canned Heat is one of the best names for a band. Canned Heat, Mothers of Invention, Grateful Dead, Rolling Stones. Those are my four favorite names in rock and roll, right? So Canned Heat's a great name. I liked him. Unfortunately, uh, Al Wilson died a uh, very, very tragic death. He, he was suicidal. Uh, he was drug dependent. He was on the spectrum. He died along with Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Hank Williams, uh, all those people who died, 27, 28, right around there, in a sleeping bag in Massachusetts. He was also a Massachusetts boy. So I like everything about Canned Heat, okay? So I have to apologize. for I had to learn that era backwards. Mm -hmm. Because remember, my family was one click to the right of Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. So the secular stuff I had to learn from my birth to about the time I was a teenager from KTEL Records. Mm -hmm. Is that a reference people are going to know? 
KTEL records? Yeah, sure. Okay. Cheap, cheap TV records. With just hits? Yeah, just hits. In 1969, I'm getting into Jackson Brown here. In 69, I was, no, I wasn't 21, I was 14. 69, I was 14. And I loved, loved, loved the chipmunks. I loved the chipmunks. I was a little too young for my canned heat phase, which probably came three years later, four years later. But I loved the chipmunks. I loved David Seville. I loved Ross Bagdasarian. Uh, I liked that he did the witch doctor. I liked that he's a piano player in Rear Window. The Jimmy Stewart's looking out at. I like everything about that whole scene, right? I love that David Seville is probably the person who has made the most money off a single because on Christmas, Christmas time is here. He's every voice. He's the arranger. He's the publisher. He's the writer. He's the instruments. He's everything. He put it out. It was a massive hit. Made a shit ton of money. Did he distribute also? Probably. I think he did, yeah. So, uh, in 1969, uh, when the world was a better kind of crazy than it is now, but the world was certainly crazy, somebody, and even Andrew Hickey doesn't know this, somebody came up with the idea of putting Canned Heat and the Chipmunks together on a Christmas record. Now, this is not like putting, putting the Chipmunks with the monkeys. It's not like putting the Chipmunks with the cow sills right? It's not like putting the chipmunks with a light poppy band. This is putting the chipmunks with the heaviest blues boogie band that was working. You understand what I mean? And Bob the Bear Height sounding like a big blues guy from Woodstock. The chipmunks are singing Christmas, Christmas, and Bob Height comes in and goes, what are you mice doing in our studio? We're not mice. We're chipmunks. I don't care. We're here to boogie, right? It's that kind of thing. Elvin and Simon actually use drug slang when talking to Bob Height. Let's turn on. And the band plays boogie and the chipmunks. And I know later on the chipmunks did like Six Pistols songs and punk songs and all of that. Who cares? 1969. The most real deal you could do. Just really, really beautiful. And we're going to talk more about that in just a moment. But now I want to talk about Masterclass. You don't have to do that in your head. I'm doing it right now. Masterclass. 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 Dot com slash. We're talking about lifelong learning. Masterclass is the uh, best instructors, most brilliant instructors. You learn stuff, and you learn a lot of stuff, and the most important thing to know is it's a subscription. So once you're signed in, you are a member, and you get every one of the, every one of the classes that they offer. It's really, really tremendous. Once you're a member, you get all the classes, all the lessons. You can do lifelong learning, and there's really great instructors like Amy Poehler, right? Yep. And Steve Martin. Seen him. Yeah, yeah. And what do you, what do you, what's the last one you're watching? Mother Joffrey. I don't even know who that is. She's famous for writing the classic Indian cookbook. Oh, really? Here, let me reach behind me. Okay. There, is that on camera? Yes. Okay, I bought this right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And I was unable to complete any of these recipes. Oh, really? Is that hard? Well, here's the thing. I grew up in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd learned how to cook. Mm-hmm. I did not understand that Midwestern cooking is apply heat until it's ruined. 
<laughs> and that's none of Asian cooking. Uh-huh. So uh, I ruined all those recipes because I would cook them for too long. And now I finally found out how she does it. And you found that out from Masterclass? Yes. Oh! Masterclass. Matt Donnelly just walked in, and he'll be joining us uh, talking about Masterclass in a moment. So you now can cook because of this? Well, I've since learned how to cook, and I've learned that lesson a couple times, but i never gone back to Indian cooking because I just thought I didn't understand it at all and I was incapable. Mm -hmm. But now I've seen the way that it actually works on Masterclass. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> and that was helpful to you, is that right? Yes. Did you watch the whole, uh, all the lessons? Yes. So now I know how to make everything with butter. Uh-huh. A lot of butter in Indian food. Yes. A lot of butter in Indian food. Matt Donnelly, what yep. have you been watching on uh, Masterclass? I finished up the Salman Rushdie uh, writing Masterclass. Uh, I'll be moving on to a new one for the next episode. And it was totally worth it, right? Absolutely. One thing that surprised me is that I said I would never come up with an idea for a work of fiction. I was just doing it to to study, and then all of a sudden, yesterday, I had an idea for a work of fiction. Thanks to Salman Rushdie. Thanks to Salman so Rushdie. So when you have the next big bestseller, <laughs> right. you, we will be able to thank Masterclass. That's right. Uh, do we have to say that it's available in every format and that you we can do. listen to We any, do have to say that. Any chunk you want, any way you want, yeah. it's available on every single thing. Yes. Uh, every, every way you, you consume anything, you can get that. Yeah. And the most important thing is over 180, well over 180 yeah. uh, instructors. You get them all for one price. And right now, our, uh, our listeners will get an additional 50% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash pen. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Okay, Matt Donnelly. Yeah. You are going to be tested too. Sweet. I want to tell you right, right up front, okay, mm -hmm. that this is a test of our friendship. Yikes. And I'm having real- I've already had a day. I'm having real problems with Eddie Gordetsky. Oh, no. Over this very issue. Oh, gosh. And I'm even having problems with Andrew Hickey over it. Really? Mm hmm Did you know? Did you know? Is it about something I already may or may not know? This is something that, how you answer this question, did you know that in 1969, there was a 45 RPM single of the band K-1. 
canned heat playing a Christmas song with the chipmunks. Did I know this? Yes. I mean, no, I didn't know. Okay. This you're okay then. Oh God. That was really tense. Yeah. Eddie Gordetsky has known me for 35 years. Yeah. And during that entire 35 years, he has known of the existence of a single of candy and the chipmunks and, and didn't, didn't tell me. tell you. Andrew Hickey, I wrote him a long, angry email saying, you knew this. Yeah. I know you didn't know me. Yeah. But why didn't you say, Penn needs to know this and find me yeah. and tell me. Yeah. And I'm also saying that to every single listener. Yes. If you knew, if you're finding it out now, you're fine. Right. You're totally clean. That's what's happening here. But if you knew that there was a canned heat and chipmunks single out in 1969, if you knew that any time between now and back then, yeah, and you didn't tell me, even though you could have written to questionpen at gmail.com, you could have written there and told me. Yeah. Okay. Now, I love canned heat. We've already discussed this. Uh, do you like canned heat? Yes. Okay, well, you're one of the few, along with me, because- People don't like canned heat? Going up the country, don't you want to go? That voice drives them crazy, right? Oh, okay. Man, uh, Blind Owl, I love canned heat. Yeah, yeah. They're a boogie band. Mike Love's falsetto drives me way more crazy than canned heat. Who's that? Mike Love's falsetto. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really it makes my stomach feel sick. Yeah. I like, I like canned heat a lot. They're a boogie band. Yeah. Also, they've got a big, fat, bearded guy- as their lead singer, right, playing harmonica. Even though their lead singer had fewer hits than their non-lead singer singing lead. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get to the existential question. Yes, and this is a deeply existential question. I have now found out. And by the way, do I need to say this? Listen to twenty times. Canned Heat and the Chipmunks. And it's a it's a Christmas song. It is a, yeah. So you can it, listen to a Christmas song over it's and over again. Christmas Boogie with Canned Heat and the Chipmunks. Wow. You will find it. You will go crazy. And yes, Alvin and Simon are making drug references. Mm -hmm. They're getting turned on and high and singing the boogie with Canned Heat. Oh, well, this sounds great. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm going to yeah. drain all your anxiety, Matt. Yeah. He asked me the same question. Mm -hmm. And I also answered, I did not know. Yeah. And for the first time, I'm happy that I have lost my eidetic memory over the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a chance I could go upstairs and find this 45 right now. Right, right, There right. is a chance? There's a non-zero chance, yeah. Okay. Well, that'd be good. That would be good. Can't he, I mean, what could be better than that? So here's my existential question. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was ripping at me all last night. Now that I know that Canned Heat and the Chipmunks made a single, and now that I've heard it, there are two ways I can view my life. Mm. Either, wow, I didn't know about Canned Heat and the Chipmunks. What other wonderful things are there for me to discover that I didn't know in this glorious thing we call life? Yeah. It's one way to look at it. That is one. That's the way Andrew suggested I look at it. <laughs> and the, yet. The other way that's tugging at me more is now that I know that Canned Heat did a record with the Chipmunks and I've heard it, 
what else is there for me in life? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's not worth living. I give up. I can't imagine anything <laughs> that important that I could find out. No. I mean, I was 14 when this came out. Right. And somehow it missed me. Well, I guess because uh, there are other Christmas songs that better, like, can't he can't be happy with the, like, hula hoop song, whatever that just. Well, that's what it starts with. Okay. And then Bob, Bob, Bob the bear comes in and goes, get out of here, you mice. We want a boogie. <laughs> oh, that's the, so it's after the fact. What do you mean? It's after they already had their Christmas hit. Oh, they had a huge Christmas hit. Right. Huge Christmas hit. And that was earlier, right? Got it. Like a few years. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who. Was it a marketing guy? Or was it like someone in Canned Heat that said, you know, we should do we should do a record with those little chipmunk things. <laughs> or whether it was David Seville going, huh. I've made more money on a single than anybody else in history. Yeah. How can I expand this? Could I do something with Leonard Bernstein? Ah, I can't con him into that. Hey, what about a bunch of fucking hippies from Massachusetts? Maybe I can get them to do it. Or Dave Seville was like, hey, Canned Heat, I know I owe you five grand. <laughs> but hear me out. <laughs> You know how big the hula hoops are. Yeah, they're huge. Huge. That was huge. That was Imagine huge. if we boogie together. Yeah. It's the B-side of a canned heat Christmas record. I could give you a fish, or I could teach you how to fish with exactly, a chip box. Exactly. Or the better one of that yeah. is, build a fire for a man, he'll be warm for a night. Light a man on fire, he'll be warm <laughs> for the rest of his life. <laughs> That's a science fiction writer. I forget the guy's name. That friend of Neil Gaiman's. Who oh, that's is really funny. Who wrote that. Um, really funny. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, just fantasizing how that came about kills me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Kills yeah. me. And also in the studio, right? Yeah. Because they, I guess, they, they play the boogie, right? Mm-hmm. And then they slow it down and he sings along, right? That's where it's done, right? I... I don't know. So he's hearing, uh, uh, oh, right, Ross right, right. series hearing, right, because you, I forgot dump. the process of making the chipmunks sing, right? And then Ross Bagdasarian listens to that and goes, okay, <laughs> rock out, Bob. This is like people, directors who work with the Muppets. Like everybody yeah. wants to work with the Muppets and then no one wants to make a second Muppet movie. Exactly. Because once you, once you are in puppet set hell hall, yeah. you don't want to do it again. No. no. I've worked with the Muppets. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to do it when I did it. I was going to say multiple times. You did, yeah. you did a recent show. We did the Muppet show. Then we did some giant space alien thing. Yeah. 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 So, uh. It's my friend Eliza's show. Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett. Right? Yeah. The, uh, Light of Man on Fire. Terry mm -hmm. Pratchett, who I, I wish I'd That's met. That's a great quote. Great quote. It's right up there with, uh, with Bob. Well, it's, I think it's better than Bobcat Goldthwaite's. Uh, I had no shoes and complained. Then I met a man who had no feet. And I figured he's probably got some shoes I could use. <laughs> <laughs> another, another good one. Yeah, it's a good one. Another really good one. So, uh, Ready Rich. David Seville is, is dead, right? 
Has to be. And his son's taken over. The, the, when did the punk chipmunks in the, uh, in the 80s or something, and they did the new chipmunks movies, which are out in this century. Yeah. Uh, those are done by his son, I believe. The big animated things. Haven't been following. And they're a big, big, big hit, the chipmunks. Mm-hmm. We probably could not get the chipmunks to come on our show. <laughs> but it would be the greatest interview ever, wouldn't it? So we'd have to ask questions at a third pace? No, no. We'd record normal. Okay. As a matter of fact, maybe Ready Rich will do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alvin, are you a fan of Penn Sunday School? Yes, I am. No, you can't do that now. What you got to do is slow it down, Ready Rich. <laughs> Say, yes, I am, and then speed it up. <laughs> they were completely isolated. Oh, they were completely isolated? Yeah, I could do that. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure that, uh, do you think, do you think uh, Ross Bagdasarian's son will sue us? It'd be interesting to find out. I would love to see on the gossip pages, Chipmunk Sue Pendulet. <laughs> Theodore. He always said he was fond of squirrels, but he rips off the chipmunks. You've worked with David Cross on like that poker thing, right? Uh, I did. I worked with David Cross a couple times. He's chipmunks adjacent. Oh, yeah. He he was into chipmunks. But I don't think David Cross particularly likes me. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I had a terrible interaction with David Cross, but it was my fault. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I think um, David Cross brings out the worst in other people. Uh, well, like it's kind of like I we we had someone <laughs> I believe they may even be a listener tell a story about how Piff was was mean to them, and then they told the story, and I was like, "You were the asshole in the story the whole time." Yeah, like I <laughs> you've told me the story, and now I agree with Piff. Yeah, that's happened to me with David Cross. I basically brought up two movies he regretted doing, thinking I was cool by being a super fan by knowing obscure movies he had uh-huh, done. Uh-huh. Turns out, no one wants to do obscure movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard it stated that clearly that way. <laughs> so bringing up two obscure movies, and then I say failed movies. Yeah. Bring up two failed movies. He was like, yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those were terrible. Thanks for, the, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, and then he walked away and I was like, I, I get it. That, well, you caught on right away. That's on me. Yeah. I was just, well, the first one I struck out and then I went for another movie like an idiot. So <laughs> I, you know, dug myself deeper. So, uh, ready, Rich. Has anybody in the chat confessed to knowing this and not telling me? Yes. What have they said? They just say that it's a great song. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. You wait till you hear it. I just, I, you know, you know, do you know why they were Elvin, Theodore, and Simon? No. <laughs> Those were the names of the executives at the record company that, that, that Ross Magnusaria worked in. That's a move. Yeah. That's a move. Died in 1972. Oh, he died in 72? Heart attack. Oh, dear. Poor. Poor Ross Bagdasarian. And what's his son's name? Son's name is uh, something. I I think he kept it Bagdasarian. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bagdasarian's a better name than Seville, by the way. But maybe not for the time. Maybe not for the time. Ross. Ross Ross Bagdasarian. Ross Bagdasarian. Ross Jr. All right. Ross Jr.? Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's Ross. <laughs> that's not the part. That's the most surprising information. <laughs> Junior? Because <laughs> he has the same name and he's his son? 
How does that junior thing work? This is the first real roadblock we've hit. <laughs> junior. Uh, I went in for uh, for an eye exam. Okay. And I wrote a uh, magic trick based on it. Oh. We're going to do a magic trick. I think the idea of getting someone on stage mm-hmm. and saying, we need someone in the audience who has 20-20 vision. Ah. Which is a funny way to pick a volunteer. That program. is a funny way to pick a volunteer. And then we're going to have an eye test. And they're also going to have a, a series of books with all different size print. <laughs> and they'll read the big one. Then they will pick something there. Okay. And then they will look back at the eye chart, right? Yeah. And we'll say, you really can't read any lower? And we'll give them binoculars, and they'll look, and it's the prediction of their book test. Oh, wow. That's a funny idea. That is nice. I was in there because my eye examiner, I don't know how much we like to talk about disgusting things on the show. Do we like to or do we not like to? Um, we've, we've certainly talked about like your head wound and things we're like gonna that. Get, we're going to get another problem. Your ear mushroom thing was was maybe everyone's least favorite. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. That was a year ago. Oh, it was terrible. I was reading in my journal and I'm high as a kite and I'm writing about what they pull out of my ear. Ah. It's disgusting. Speaking of disgusting things on Penn's head. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I uh, went in and my eye doctor said, are your eyes sometimes dry and watery? And I said, yeah, I think it's the magic hat. And he said, well, it's the magic hat and it's something else too. Do you sometimes feel like it's a little cloudy? I said, yes. He said, there are things that live on our skin that are beneficial, but sometimes they move into our eyes and have a party. Oh. And you have eyelash. He called it. I don't like this term. You're not going to like it either. He called it eyelash dandruff which you can't see, Mm. even though you're real close to it. (laughs) (laughs) So he said there were these wipes you could get. Yeah. There were tea tree oil wipes that are made just, he said, those critters don't like the smell of it. And before you go to bed, you wipe your eyelashes and your eyes with these wipes. And it feels like really good. And then that, those problems go away. Really? Yeah. That sounds really soothing, though. It is. And first of all, it feels like it's wrong because it has a little bit of a strong smell. Yeah. And you've been taught not to put things with strong smells in your eyes. Right. By by old one-eyed Tabasco, right? You know, we all we all we all know one-eyed Tabasco. Great blue singer. Great blue singer. We took a five-dollar bet. Now we call him one-eyed Tabasco. We learn not to put strong-smelling things in our eyes. We sometimes learn quicker than one-eyed Tabasco. Right. <laughs> you know who's probably doing it for years? Billy Gibbons. No problem. <laughs> right. Stick I, my eye? Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, that's what blues guys do. <laughs> hot tamales in the red hot, red hot tea tree oil for eyes. <laughs> so it feels a little wrong. Yeah. You feel like a little bit of a dirty girl. Just wiping your eyes with something that smells strong. Yeah. And I like it. Especially because teacher oil feels like, uh, for a while, they started recommending for like everything. Yeah. And then and then it's kind of went out of fashion. I, I know, but I still like tea tree oil. Yeah. I still like tea tree oil. Uh, Godot has that funny story about cutting his head, then putting tea tree oil on it and thinking that he had some, he had this horrible, one of those Godot things where he thinks he knows more than he does. <laughs> I, if I find out that Godot knew about the chipmunks and Oh, candy, no. Oh, Fuck him. I don't think he did, because all he knows is Andy and John Denver. 
Yeah. So he wouldn't know that. He wouldn't know can't eat. Uh, so he's safe. I think he's pretty safe. So he also looked in. Should I, are we ready to do a racist joke or not? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, yes. You think so? Mm-hmm. I think maybe not. I'll do the setup for the racist joke that I did, and I'll let people make their own punchline. He said, I do think you have a cataract. I said, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to finish it. There you go. But he said that I was borderline cataract. I mean, look, Shane Gillis just hosted SNL. It's a new world, you know? Who's Shane Gillis? He's the guy who's supposed to be in SNL, and he got fired for making Asian stereotype Oh, that's right. Before he even got on air. Uh huh. And now he's uh, a very successful stand-up comedian, and so as a uh, uh, an olive branch of sorts, they had him host SNL this last Saturday. Did he do Asian jokes? He did not <laughs> do Asian jokes. Well, I have a cataract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the hard part, right? Like it does sound like that. It word. does. It does, it does sound does. like that word. Yeah, but I, I have a cataract, but very mild. Mm-hmm. And my eye doctor said you could probably convince a surgeon, to put in new lenses. Mm. Now, whenever you have the sentence, you could probably convince a surgeon, (laughs) you've gone down the wrong path, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. You could probably convince, like my my friend Enigma, you could probably convince a surgeon to put horns on your head. Right. Right. You could probably do that. Yeah. Funniest thing Enigma ever said to me was, the guy who put the horns in his head, where he uh, opened up his skull, and opened up his, his scalp. Above his skull, scalp, yeah. Scalp, yeah. And put in little silicone pieces and kept doing that till the skin stretched out and then s- screwed uh, coral into his head with the skin under it so he had horns. That's the way it was done. Yikes. And I said to Enigma, uh, you, you found a doctor who could do this? And he said, well, not really a doctor, but he's really interested in medicine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think if I'm in a room with a guy who's not a doctor but very interested in medicine, yeah, I think I've made some wrong turns. I think so too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then he said you would see brighter blues. See brighter blues. See brighter blues. And he said uh, you'd get some clarity. Mm-hmm. There'd be some. Uh, so you'd, you'd see better by a lot, probably. <laughs> my friend Kramer. A lot of qualifiers. My friend Kramer got cataract surgery. Mm-hmm. New world for him. Yeah. Everything's bright, crispy. He can't believe it. So beautiful, he loves it. Teller's father got mm-hmm. cataract surgery. Changed his whole painting style. He loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I have three other friends who had cataract surgery, mm-hmm. and love it. Then there's Andy Lerner, oh, who had buddy. cataract surgery and can't see. Mm. I don't mean he's blind. Yeah. He can still drive. Yeah. But not with me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't see that well. I just saw Andy. Yeah. He didn't see you that well. No. No. No, no. But he has bad eyes with the cataract surgery, which the surgeon said afterwards went perfectly. Oh, and I said to, I told my doctor, my doctor who I spoke of earlier, who's also a punk drummer. Yeah. The one that I said, fuck him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I went to him anyway. 
<laughs> Turns out that my strong bravado of never going to that guy again, yeah, uh, didn't hold up really. No, no. I think also because he did make the prescription for me, <laughs> do what I want. <laughs> and he was talking about the magic hat and how a lot of his customers are. He's trying to find out the algorithm they use, Zeiss. Okay. So he can maybe help his people a little bit more. Okay. With the prism stuff. I'm taking back my magic hat, by the way. You're not going to keep it? No. Because I like it too much. I like being in that world more than the real world. It makes me feel creepy. Oh. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that, the that's the nightmare. When, the first, when virtual reality stuff first came around, that was a big nightmare. Yeah. Well, it's not that. It's that I get a little bit headachy, a little bit nauseated, and I'm starting to like that feeling. Weird. That doesn't seem good. No, I don't think so. I'm not a doctor, but I'm really into medicine. I'm really into medicine. Yeah. Your 30 minutes is up. <laughs> no more Nasha talk. Okay. okay. <laughs> I said to him, I told him the story, the sad, sad, the ballad of Andy Lerner, mm -hmm. uh, who, who's good friends with One-Eyed Tabasco. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said, yeah, that happens. And you go back to the surgeon and say, and they go, no, no, the surgery went perfectly. And you go, no, no, it's not just your incisions and all that. Seeing is important. But surgeons will insist they did it right. He also told me he uh, he sent a patient mm -hmm. to a surgeon with the prescriptions and everything to get the surgery to fix their cataracts. Yeah. And they flipped eyes. Wait. They put the prescription for the left eye and the right eye and the right eye for the left eye. Oh. Yeah. That sounds painful. Yeah. And two weeks later, it'll flip again. Yeah, exactly. They're going to do that. That's and he a said, a callback that that happens. Yeah, I'm just Matt looks confused. That's fine. That's fine. I was trying to just look blank. You know, we could do a canned heat tribute band and take turns playing Bob Hyde. <laughs> um, I've never wanted to do anything more in my life. <laughs> you can you bring to mind Bob Hyde? What he looks like? Uh, barely. Bob the barely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you you'll look him up afterwards. I will. You go. I could have been in that band. Get your harp, play harmonica, yeah. boogie hard. They're in both Monterey Pop and Woodstock. Yeah. Which is, I think, just Hendrix, The Who, Can't Heater, and Jefferson Airplane. My brain keeps drifting to Nathaniel Rateliff uh, and the Night Sweats. I uh, being yeah, like, yeah. not him. Yeah, not him. But that's the right idea. But there's another, that's another one I hold out hope for. <laughs> cover band. I want full credit for Sans Heat. Sans Heat? That's our cover band name. Sans Heat? <laughs> yeah, that's a tribute act name. That's a really good name. That is good. Although the band that's playing is Canned Heat is now a tribute band. There's no... I mean, no original members uh, at all? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Blind Owl died in like 72, mm -hmm. 73. And uh, Bob the Bear Height died in like 82. And the other guys in the band quit and became accountants. Yeah. And uh, now there's a band still touring, but it's nobody. I also want to do Not Butter. For what? Hot Butter. Hot Butter? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know there was a band called Hot Butter. They did popcorn. Oh, really? Was, there, was that the name of the band? Yeah. Okay. Because I know there was Hot Buttered Soul. Wasn't that Isaac Hayes? I don't remember for sure. Uh, around that time. So, um, put it the opposite ones. And my, my optometrist, ophthalmologist, punk drummer, yeah. gave a piece of advice, which I think is a really good important advice for surgery. First of all, real doctor, not just someone who's into medicine. Mm-hmm. Standard advice, yeah, yeah, yeah. important advice. Degrees. And second, second of all, an old guy. 
You do not want a 30-year-old surgeon. You want someone who's done more than a thousand cataract operations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Well, you don't have cataracts, right? Not yet, but you know, it's probably coming. Yeah. You so, you so want to, every time I say cataract, you just want to- I'm biting my tongue. No, it's hard, isn't it? I like being a public figure. It's the hardest joke not to do. Yeah. It may be the hardest joke not to do. Yeah. Like if it wasn't- Because it's so fun. Switching R's and L's is fun to say and hear. Yeah. 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 But it's uh, associated with the culture. We yeah. can't. But I, it's, it is a real, just a fun way to mess with language. That I yeah. enjoy. I believe the Japanese call rock and roll uh, group music. Is it group music? They have some term for it because they wanted to avoid. That's a very hard phrase. Hey, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. hard phrase for a native Japanese speaker to to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe soon I can start with impunity making jokes about uh, people who speak Spanish with an American accent. There you go. Although I can't, right? Because even if you're part of the group, you're not allowed to make those jokes. So uh, if I got a a cataract operation, Mm -hmm. um, I'd still have to wear glasses, but less glasses. Why is that an improvement? Like a a less of a- I have a less strong prescription, Mm -hmm. but I'd still need them for reading and stuff. Although they're trying to do bifocals now. For you? No, no. Bifocals for uh, cataract surgery. Oh, oh. So they put in permanent bifocals. On your actual eyeball? Yeah. Wow. Part of your eyeball. Not on your eyeball, in your eyeball. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking I'm a little scared of that still. But in a- Would you want to stop wearing glasses? I couldn't. I'd have to, in the show, I'd still have to put them on, which is why it's so stupid. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like but I would you're... like to see better, because I can't see and I can't hear, and I'm drifting away from the world. But luckily, before I've left the world completely, I learned about canned heat <laughs> and the um, and the uh, chipmunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, I have a Mini Cooper. I do not have a Lincoln Continental. Oh, good. Just, enough. just so you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I drive a Mini electric Mini Cooper. Fun facts. Yeah, just uh, this little thing I just threw in there. This Sunday school, by the way, was brought to you by uh, the kindness. Of the geniuses at Masterclass. Yes. And right now, our listeners can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash head. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Pen. Uh, yeah. And uh, that was Ben Sunday School. That's it. Cha-cha-cha. Went by so fast. (laughs) You become naked. I have a couple of cataracts. Shout out to um, Michael Donnelly. I hope you're enjoying driving around in my rental car. <laughs> Michael Donnelly's in yeah, rental car? Michael Donnelly's okay, driving around okay. in my car. And you know we love you. And Matt Donnelly, besides Michael Donnelly, do you have anybody else to thank? I do. By the time you hear this, I'll be in Nevada, California, performing Date Night Magic up there with Mystique Dining. 
Come see me up in Nevada if you live in Northern California. These people might come or they might not stay home, but they support us on Patreon nonetheless. Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, Susie Felber, Lancey Menchu, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle Yeiser, Rogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Damian Martin, Garth Reynolds, Adam Luce read random and he loved it, Timo Tihoff, Mark Pickenheim, Terry, Scott Kelly, Kirk Barrett, Adam Burzens, Carlos Alvarez, Michael Cornwall, Rob Allegar, Ross Devereaux, Ryan Matthews, Jeff Bakker, Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jeff Loomis, Jacob McCauley, Impetuous Man, Nicole Martin, Music Man, Keith Corning, Off the Record, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Hoke, uh, Kelly McCauley, Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett, UpturnCoach.com, Turn Up the Profit, Not Your Budget, Love Julie Lynn and Tom, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R22, Winter Ryakowski, Kristen Kladek, Hadi Wambi, Michael Cohen, Quiet Numbskulls, I'm Broadcasting, Dr. Scoop Little, Jeremiah Jenkins, Piff the Magic Dragon, buy the book at PiffTheMagicDragon.com, Alexander Hoffman, I'm going to switch the page here, Danny Olwine, Stephen Volcano, Jim the Magician Who, you know, Scoop the Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you all so much. Thank you. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 